Welcome to your Making It Worse. We're here, we're queer, who cares? I'm Elliot Glazer. And I'm Brent Sullivan. And I'm H. Allen Scott. Textual healing. So, the, the Pope <laughs> has decided to support civil unions. Yay! For or gay people, like Yay. Elliot and Alan. Um, <laughs> Pope Francis voiced his support for same-sex civil unions for the first time as Pope in the documentary Francesco. Probably should have read this before I decided to start reading it. Uh, The Pope's remarks represent a break from the position of the Roman Catholic Church, which has long taught that homosexual acts are intrinsically disordered and contrary to natural law. Um, it's a so that's that's pretty much the gist. I mean, I don't. Have yeah, to and he apparently it, did it. Like, yeah, he what do you think? He apparently supported it. He he. Well, he came out wanting to be public about supporting it a while ago, like right after he had become yeah. a pope, and he got some pushback, I think, from from doing that. Um, and I mean, this the, the the stance of the Catholic Church still is, and of the Pope, he does not believe in same sex marriage. Like full stop, mm-hmm. he does not believe in that, guys. <clears throat> but it is. The, I I know, well, that. no, but what I'm saying is, like, there <laughs> is a know. celebration of, like, he supports us. And it's, like, not – let's not yeah. go crazy also, far with that. Yeah, I'm also in the same – I'm, like, uh, then well, if you don't support marriage, I still – I think you're non- – I think it's yeah. nonsense. It's, like – Oh, how <laughs> dare you? Are you – really? I'm actually yeah. a little surprised to hear that from both of you. I think, like – Well, no, I mean, I, I, you don't, have to I like, don't mind it. I'm not – I, I don't – I – I contextually understand where he's coming from. He's the fucking Pope. He can't support gay marriage. He just cannot, within the infrastructure of how Catholic Church and Christianity works, gay marriage does not fit into that doctrine unless certain things are fundamentally changed. And so I get it. I wish he would support gay marriage from just a personal point, but I understand why he can't. Yeah, I just think it's not. Sorry, sorry, Brent, go ahead. No, 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 please. I I just think it's a good example of like, you know, I think if you... If you saw an article about like some 108 year old woman <laughs> on CNN who's like dying words where I support civil unions, you'd be like, good for her. And she'd like be on the cover of Huffington Post or whatever. I, I think you have to, you know, as you are, as you are doing, Alan, I think you have to give, you know, the necessary context and say, hey, that's a really significant move for someone who is the head of a religious organization that does have. I guess doctrines. I don't fucking know anything about those people, but like, you know, I, I get it. I think I think it like I think it's a really good thing and a really positive step. And and I don't I don't have to personally. I don't feel the need to mince my words when I talk about you know uh, that. I think being a positive positive step and a, I think a it's really a good, progressive thing. It's a good step. It's a positive step. Oh, I just, this out bitch. Of, but I'm saying out of <laughs> out of context because the context obviously. It makes sense with the context mm-hmm. about religion, but out of context, whenever I hear like civil union or like domestic partnership, I right. sort of roll my eyes, just being like, "Just give us the thing." Yeah. You know, well, just, Elliot, you have you have thing. a par- you have a partner. You have a partner. <laughs> I won't say part. I, I hate know, the so term partner. I, I hate the term partner. The irony is that I hate the term partner, but my sister, who's married, uses the term oh, partner because it's a word for like, straight no. people. Husband. All, I've I've said this forever. It's like a partner <laughs> became a word for liberal straight people. It just it I, I've always used the term domestic companion. And that's what I've always said. 
And honestly, that's what I've always believed. I don't believe in gay marriage. I don't believe. In, I believe in domestic companionship, which is <laughs> which is basically one law that says uh, you guys can use the bathroom together. And, <laughs> and like a family, rest, makes a family me think... restroom at the airport, you can go into the bathroom with your partner and and your domestic companion. Yeah, literally, domestic companionship makes me think of like just like an, a it nurse. Sounds like two dogs. And, you it know, sounds like something you do with something a dog. in a wheelchair. <laughs> it's it's but that's my that's my thing like i know i'm i could be seen as spoiled you know or privileged or liberal or whatever whatever you want to call it or but, a son of a bitch but but having demanding the same you know terms you know legally and just you know um um in terms of speaking mm. is something that i just i just i just want well, it I mean, because I don't want to be called a partner. I don't want to have a union. Like I want a boy. I want my boyfriend or my husband and my wedding. Like I don't know. I mean, call me. I don't know what you want to call it. It's just. It's so bland to me to be like. Well, you have a. You have a union. It's like. What is this Vermont? Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. I don't want. It just feels strange that right. like. You know, there is this. We we like we do this dance between like religious customs and why like like with Jews for example like you know they're very reform even conservative Jews are very very liberal and Catholics for the most part are socially liberal you know the vast majority are very socially liberal on most issues yeah that's something I'm gonna bring up oh, in a second you're Thank very you welcome very for that segue but that said like even within our own faith groups we understand that there are certain groups that we accept into us. That are part of our identity, like with Jews, with Hasidic Jews, or, or you know, a lot of Israel, you know, controlling. They don't want. They don't consider me a Jew. I'm not a Jew to them because I'm a Reformed Jew who converted. Like I'm just mm-hmm. not a Jew to them, and that is a problem. But it's like I also understand why they exist, and I respect their place, but I also don't agree with them. But you know what, though, you know what, you're also not a Jew to me. Uh, all, all I think of you is there are the world to me are people who love Jesus and people who don't. And quite frankly, Alan, you're in I the last conversation with someone. Um, Jesus was the original thought. Jesus was the original. Oh my don't god! You think? Um, all right, we won't get no, into the weeds no. on that one. But Nobody? so I, I was, I was going to say though, you you brought up this earlier. And it's something that I think people very consistently glossed over <clears throat> that is really important, which is Catholics, according to polls, tend tends to be way more liberal than Protestants, in particular evangelical Protestants. But Catholics have currently and have for really a long time in the majority supported gay marriage. I found a, a Pew poll that showed 57% of Catholics support gay marriage contrasted with 34% who oppose it. Which is a pretty significant margin. I don't. I don't. I couldn't find the date that that poll was commissioned, um, but it was probably within the last five years, yeah. I would guess. So yeah. So Catholics, you know, I think do tend to be a, certainly more liberal than just. But Protestants uh, you know, also kind of is more of like. A, I mean, and the thing that always sort of blows me away is like Protestants is like an um, umbrella term for a lot of different Christian <clears throat> denominations that sort of left Catholicism, whereas Catholicism is like is very specific. It's it's a it's a very specific form of Christianity. And sure there are tiers within Catholicism, but Protestant yeah. is like Episcopalian, uh, uh, Presbyterian, Presbyterian yeah. Lutheran, I mean, Methodist, all those. So Baptist. There's probably more pres- pres- Protestants in the US than there are Catholics, right? Oh, by by yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah Episcopalians are like the chill ones, right? They're the most yes. chill. 
and the smallest by yeah. far. <laughs> the smallest group, uh, Baptists, I think, are the biggest, and Episcopalians are like a sliver of the Protestant. And Baptists pie. are by by and far not, uh, by, and tend to be tend to be more. Well, and what are yeah. what are the ones? What are the churches where it's like non-denominational? What are they called? Fake. No, no, you know what I'm talking about. The uh, ones that like they just like. Yeah. Oh, oh yes. Uh, Unitarian. Unitarian, the church for confused people. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, the, the church for people who want to like drink. My brother goes to a Unitarian, yeah, or he right. used to go to a Unitarian church, and I was just like, CJ, just pick something. It doesn't even matter what you pick. <laughs> just pick something. Because, like, just do Christmas, something this real. This must be so oh boring. My God, well, because they probably don't even have trees. I mean, even some Jews have trees. <laughs> yeah, you know what the interesting thing is? Do you think this will make a difference? Because, and the, the way, the reason I say that is because I had one or two friends. Uh, growing up whose parents were really Catholic and one in particular, like his parents went to church like five times mm. a week, uh, yeah, which is kind of crazy, Jesus. but either way, God, look, God love you. Um, but he would always say like, he's like, they don't do what the, they don't actually, they obviously worship the Pope or whatever. Yeah, they yeah. love the Pope, <laughs> but they don't actually pay that close attention to what, to what the Pope says. And I remember one friend in particular, he liked Pope Benedict uh, I'm sorry. His parents liked Pope Benedict because they thought Pope John Paul was too quote liberal. Oh my liberal. God, that's so funny. Oh, and John Paul was pretty Crazy conservative. conservative. So I'm sure those parents hate yeah. Pope Francis. Is your friend gay? No, I think it'll have an impact. Not everyone's thing, gay, the, Elliot. Not everyone. The surprising gay. thing with Catholicism, which is unlike a lot of other sort of like Protestant Christian religions, is that they do have like mission trips similar to Mormonism. They have mission trips to like different countries where there are certain villages that are all like Catholic and they've sort of infiltrated it. And I think in a lot of ways, the impact that the Pope has is on those international sort of small sects that, that exist in the world in that, they mm. do revere him. He is like a god figure, not so much Francis, but mm. the Pope, the seat, the the seat of the Pope, and like, and I yeah. think that is kind of where, which is where, in a lot of like African countries and South American countries, the view of homosexuality is not so friendly. And if you have, if, oh. if you have a national figure that is saying. Well, we accept them in. We just don't want to give them all the rights. I feel like those countries are yeah. like, well, we can yeah. get on board for a little bit. Not even joking. Oh, this was like a year in the making, you guys. Two years, two and a half today. years because since we like, started. Yeah, how long have we been doing I don't this recall. podcast? I don't even know I anymore. Don't it, even it, know anymore. It truly yeah, feels like forever. <laughs> yeah, it really does. But so before you're making it worse, I had another oh, put bragging. called Out on the Lanai. Well, I'm sorry. I'm a very famous person. I have responsibilities mm-hmm. to my fans. And I had another podcast called Out on the Lanai that I co-hosted with our guest today, Carrie Dorney. Hey, Carrie. <laughs> Hello, gentlemen. So Carrie is sort of like... a. Well, I wouldn't say, because I knew Elliot before Carrie, but like, so Carrie and I, we started the Golden Girls podcast because Carrie had approached Mm. Elliot about doing a Golden Girls Mm. podcast. Do you want to tell that story, Carrie? Uh, Yeah, I think it was just, I had known Elliot probably through like the New York storytelling community, perhaps. And um, yeah, I had reached out to Elliot because I wanted to do a Golden Girls rewatch podcast. And I remember Elliot saying, I am incredibly busy (laughs) with (laughs) with my life. And actually, I think you were getting ready to maybe move back to New York. Yeah, I wasn't, I didn't live here uh, full time yet. 
Um, right. Yeah. And so, and you said, but do you know H. Allen Scott? And I said, you know, I think I've heard of H. Mm-hmm. Allen Scott, but I've never mm-hmm. met yes, H. H. Allen Scott. You had yes, autographs I, of his, but you didn't, you. you couldn't yeah. quite put a yeah. face to the signature. No, you had purchased right. autographs of me That's on right. eBay. Right. But we hadn't quite right. Right. canceled yet. canceled checks yeah. that, that had been correct. signed by you. Yeah. But you guys, I mean, yeah. you guys are the biggest. I mean, the, the three of you. I mean, I exclude myself, but uh, you are the biggest Golden Girls fans, and it is. Yeah, and 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 Carrie, you also had a show, I think, or like a storytelling show or a stand-up show that was called "I Love You, Mod." Yes, it was called <laughs> I, "I Like, like You, Mod," Maude, and the. And the artwork (laughs) was Maude from Harold and Maude and Uh, B. Arthur as Maude on a scooter together riding through like a grassy field. And for Brent, (laughs) we should explain that B. Arthur was on a television program called Maude before the Golden Girls. So for Brent and And 98% of our listeners, yes, that's right. (laughs) Exactly. For for our listeners, a program is what Elliot refers to as a TV series. <laughs> did he say program? I missed that somehow. Yes, he did. Oh, my God. I did. This, this, this bitch no, stuck in the so, 80s, this bitch. Elliot brought Carrie and another good friend of ours, past guest of this podcast, Gabby Dunn, to my birthday party. And it, Gabby, I think, introduced us and was like, you two Golden Girls fans, you need to do this. And we did it. But I had conditions for the Golden mm-hmm. Girls podcast. I said, I can't, because this was like, what year was it? 2014? I think yeah. it was, yes. yeah, 2014. Yeah. And I was like, I won't do it if there's another Golden Girls podcast. I didn't mm. want to do that. I didn't want to like recreate something that someone else had already done that. You're a purist. And when we launched, we were the first. Someone came right mm-hmm. after us, but we were the first. Am I right, mm-hmm. Carrie? You are <laughs> Thank correct. You. Thank you. And I, I think I would also add too that like, you know, I mean, it, it, Golden Girls has been synonymous with gay culture for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in ways that I think are beyond beyond recognition in the sense that I didn't know until I think probably until the podcast, until at some point in the podcast or readings, one of the books about them that like gay guys used to like put on the Golden Girls at bars on Saturday nights and like wow. turn like football games and would like turn down the music for the Golden Girls. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's nuts. I didn't know that ahead of time. The show that's had incredible. that much gay appeal while it was on. I mean. Who, you know, I, I guess it's beyond me, but... Did did you know when you were a kid, Carrie, like when you were watching the Golden Girls, because you're obviously like a, you're a married woman, you're a straight woman. So like How when you were a little you. kid watching the Golden Girls, did you know that it was like really gay? No, I, I mean, not that I re- recall, but I, for me, it was just a very comforting show. There were certainly jokes. I think there were a lot of sex jokes that went over my head and, and certain like, you know, references of the time um, of like certain like cultural icons and people in politics and stuff that I just, I didn't catch. But for me, it was just a show. I appreciated that it was a great show about friendship <laughs> and love and there was just always something very comforting about them like these four kind of maternal mm. i don't know like figures and and so they were just always very comforting to me so i don't think and it was until i was probably in college that i sort of understood as i rewatched it in college when i got the dvds yeah. as we all did when the set yeah. came out um that i sort of understood the significance you know, th- especially this- like, to the gay community and everything and you know rewatching very specific episodes what episodes Oh, Blanche, uh, Blanche, uh, Blanche's brother, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh oh, I think we lost Carrie's audio. Yeah, oh. the the two episodes with um, Blanche's brother Clayton. Of course. 
Oh no. No, we got it. We got it. Yeah, Am I back? It. You're, you're back. You're back. Sorry, guys. It's technology okay. now. It's okay. Clean, cut, um, and start now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh. But you know. But also the the seventy two hours episode. That's for um, Brent. For that's when you know, Rose. Oh, I'm sorry. That's when Rose thinks. She, that's no, no, when please. Rose is waiting to find out if she has AIDS or oh, not. That's right. HIV. Let's be how correct. D- HIV. How dare you? <laughs> well, she calls it an AIDS test that's on the right. show. That's it right. is an AIDS. That's technically true, it's an HIV test, right? But AIDS just has yeah. AIDS has a ring to it. No one wants to say HIV. AIDS just kind of flows. Yeah, it has a certain. Yeah, that's right. It flows it, off the know? tongue. Yeah. Right. So that one. Yeah. Wait, but no, yeah. Carrie. I I I was doing this thing recently for this like undergrad or grad student or something who like he was taught he was doing a thing on the golden girls for his like thesis Mm. or whatever and it was a whole thing about how in the 80s and 90s there was during the aids epidemic there was this idea of like chosen family around queer people and spaces and golden girls like personified that for gay people in the 80s and 90s and that's why it became such like a huge gay Mm -hmm. hit was because of this whole like because of the time and because of chosen now, family. Just to clarify real quick, he's right. writing a thesis uh, so he can get a pat on the back, not a real master's. But anyway, continue. That's true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. That's true. Wow. Wow. One of my I'm fucking around. One of my, I think I wrote two term papers in college. One was about the Golden Girls and one was literally about B. Arthur. <laughs> and then my parents got, my parents I got so that. like annoyed because um, inevitably they were like, so basically, he graduated with a degree in the Golden Girls. <laughs> like I, I Golden Girls my way yeah. through Gallatin yeah, yeah, yeah. because it right. was like the school at NYU where you could do anything. Right. And like, what did basi- you do, Carrie? Like, what? Like, I, I mean, I feel like we all have our Golden Girls stories before the podcast, but I know you went to Comic Con once dressed as Sophia. <laughs> I, I went. I went to Comic Con dressed as B. Arthur. Um, yeah, I did. I used to have a web series called Geeking Out where I would do like awkward celebrity interviews as everyone's number one fan. And they would send me to Comic-Con and I went to New York Comic-Con and they wanted me to do a cosplay episode. And they were like, you know, so pick, I remember they gave me a list of, I don't even remember, like, but it was like a cool new video game that had just come out and movies and TV shows, like animes. They were like, pick one of these characters, you know, maybe because those will like, you know, get like a lot of clicks because it's popular right now. <laughs> and I went out shopping and I came home with like a gray wig and um, some like slouch boots and, you know, a top with That's like huge shoulder pads. And I wrote to them and yeah. I was like, so... Oh, I never knew what they were, um, but Dorothy's boots are always those, yeah, slouchy, pleather boots. Frankly, <laughs> yeah. The best boots. And so, I, and so I emailed them and I said, hey, so, you know, I got your list. It was so great. No notes. But um, <laughs> I was like, I think I've decided to go as Dorothy's Bornack from the Golden Girls that went off the air in 1995. <laughs> and um, they were just like, okay, fine, whatever. So I did a uh, I did a how to cosplay video um, as Dorothy Spornak. Um, no, let me ask you guys perfect. because look, I, I I think you know Golden Girls is obviously you know has withstood the test of time and it's you know still a part of sort of the zeitgeist. But outside of the gay community, like, do you find it like it's its significance or its memory starting to fade? Like when you meet people under 25 who aren't gay. Oh God. Oh, no. how dare you? <laughs> no. We're all shaking no, our heads no, emphatically. No, the no. has somehow bizarrely increased with time and like so much so that it's like, 
there are so many gifts that are used of the Golden Girls, mm-hmm. and I think for so, in, in a way that you would never have imagined. Sh- I mean, that's what's so ironic about it is a, f- a show about four middle-aged to elderly women in Miami, like has genuinely stood the test <clears throat> of time because the writing is so funny mm-hmm. and so broadly, you know, sp- spans transcends generations. That it's yeah. like there's gifts, there's like uh, uh, Instagram graphics. It's like it is everywhere. It's mm. wild. I also just feel like, mm-hmm. I mean, even just with our podcast, like, you know, we finished the pod because the whole goal of Out on the right. Lanai was that we were going to watch every episode. And then when we finished every episode, we had nowhere to go. We were done. And so we ended the we ended actively recording the podcast. Now we're doing some like recap episodes now where we sort of rewatch stuff and do mystery science theater sort of viewing of the Golden Girls, which is really fun. But we ended it. And even after we ended it, we still got like Elizabeth Banks's hoo-ha-ha. We're on her network now because like they just picked it up because they knew that there was like a resurgence of young people, particularly young women and gay men who love this Mm. show. And so they put it on their network and we have a whole new young audience Mm. now listening to the podcast and watching the Golden Girls. It's insane. If you go to, even if you go to like stores, like, like, um, kitschy sort of you know novelty stores with like a lot of clothes with sayings on them and like stationery and all that stuff there's always golden girl yeah. stuff always yeah which means it's not yeah. it it really does tr- that's what's the craziest part about it it really does transcend i think beyond beyond gay guys and women i think it's just like it j- is just across the board funny and just mm-hmm. gets better with time somehow mm. When we were doing the podcast, Carrie, I forget what we, I forget the tie-in, but there was some TV land executive that like messaged us or was a listener or something. And they said that the biggest demographic that watches the Golden Girls is black women, which is like so perfect. And I love that like that is the connection, that, that, that it really does touch yeah. so many different types of people who watch the show and love the show. Now, Carrie, what episodes <clears throat> have you been like diving into during the pandemic? Because I know you've been watching a ton. Oh, mm. all of them. Are you starting from the beginning again? Like, no, I've jumped around, but I know which ones I've rewatched and which ones I haven't. I've skipped, I skipped all the sad ones. I haven't mm. watched the sad ones yet. Like, I don't want to hear Sophia cry the, and say like, my but baby. The sad ones I don't, I can't. Really good B stories with like Blanche. <laughs> no, oh my God, the one about Angela's, uh, uh, Angela's throwing the funeral is. Yeah perfect or or chronic fatigue yeah. syndrome like sure oh my god i did watch I don't that care one about, i did actually, watch that controversial one. opinion i don't give a fuck about chronic fatigue syndrome or anything that dorothy had to do in that episode all i care about is blanche writing you know her great <laughs> her great book because she's going to be a great author mm-hmm. and like the the balls of sunshine in a bag like it's the funniest mm-hmm. story he really, her acting, uh, Rue McClanahan's acting in that episode, if you guys have not seen it, I mean, I know you guys have seen it, Brent, I don't know Brent if you've seen it. it, but Rue McClanahan <laughs> is acting up a storm in yeah. this episode. Like, that must have been so exhausting for her. She spends most of the, the episode, like, in a state of delirium from staying up all night trying to write. It's yeah, a two-part episode. I've said it once and I'll say it again. Rue McClanahan was so wildly underrated for her comic so performance on the Golden mm-hmm. Girls. Yes. It is second to none. And look, you've heard me say it on on Adam and I. I can do and continue to think that, bless her heart, 
Uh, Estelle Getty was the weakest. I mean, that that goes <laughs> that do. goes without saying. God love her. She See? seems like a wonderful person. But that was, I mean, when I watched the show, and I did enjoy the show as a kid. When I watched the reruns on, you know, uh, when when it would when it would come on, I just I couldn't get over Estelle Getty's delivery. It was just the most stilted of all of them. I felt. That's so interesting. See, I can't. Performative like is probably a, me, a bit uh, better word. Sorry. I, it's like when people ask me, like, which, I mean, we all get this all the time, but when people ask, like, what's your favorite Golden Girl or whatever, I can't choose one because, like, I love them all in different ways individually. And so, like, <clears throat> even trying to identify the weakest link feels like it's sacrilegious, and I'm actually... <laughs> <upset>. <laughs> I, know, I know you are. Oh, my God. Considering that one of them could be weak because it's none not that of them she's, are weak. Look, it's look, a great it's show. Not that she's I get weak. it, and it's a great It's ensemble. not that she's weak by any means, but when I when I stack them all together, there are moments where... Why you, stack? <laughs> no need to stack. <laughs> I'm just saying, when I've heard... when I If I do stack them all together, there are moments where I'm like, you know, you, you guys have literally heard me say, like... She really flubbed that delivery. Like, there's something that, yes, that just yeah. misfired. And, like, I'm sorry, but Dorothy never misfired. Rose yes, never she did. misfired. Yes, she did. When? I'll, I'm just going to say it. Chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, my when she's God. not looking at the doctor, but she's looking at the cue cards half the fucking time. Dr. Bud. Oh, when they had, they had cue cards on the show? about the cue cards. Oh, when they oh, didn't oh. want to remember oh, their lines. No. Yes. Well, wow. it was only Dorothy who – it was really B who didn't want to remember her lines and Sophia who couldn't remember her lines. And who's the weakest link when one chooses not to remember and one physically can't? I'm just well, saying. Well, no, because the difference is that <laughs> Dorothy – it's that B. Arthur, even if she was reading the cue cards, could still deliver. Whereas Sophia sometimes oh. would just the, the the cadence would be off for like a sarcastic zinger, or it would. T- I mean, again, we text. We have a group chain where I'll, we'll randomly text each other. You know, um, it's called of- GGVIP, and literally, it's just like <laughs> it's myself. Carrie and Alaska Thunderfuck, and it's literally like and probably twice, and Elliot, and of Elliot, course. and it's like three times a week. We'll have some random. <laughs> An insane shit that we'll About share. Gigi Allen? And we've done yeah. it like... Yeah. <laughs> but we know exactly what we're referring to. And like, yeah. you know, for me, nothing is funnier than B. Arthur's bizarre, like very like old school theatrical um, pronunciations of like Marguerite. Instead of <laughs> yeah. saying Marguerite, just Marguerite yeah. or govern- mm-hmm. government program. <laughs> I, I... She says program instead Wait. of program. Can I play devil's Wait. advocate for mm-hmm. B. Arthur for just one second? So, and Elliot, you may know this as well, but as someone who has written on a television show, there have been days where I have been on set for episodes and new pages of a script will come down the morning that we are Mm. shooting. And we've had to put things on cue cards for actors because they haven't had time to memorize because they're literally, or the actors or the writers are just up, up all night writing and the pages come out at midnight and that actor's up at 4 a.m. to be in their hair and makeup trailer. So we have put things on cue cards. So there is a chance. I feel like this was a really, the chronic fatigue syndrome was a very um, important episode to Susan Harris. I like to think that the writers didn't stay till midnight working on those pages, but maybe they did. And maybe those were all brand new lines. Maybe Susan Harris wanted to rewrite the monologue and it was given to be Arthur the night before. It's just I don't know. Susan Harris was napping and you know it. Um, <laughs> But, but Carrie, I do want to ask you, and we, I only have like one more Golden Girls question because I do want to ask you about other things too. But we had a very controversial fight on Out on the Limit mm. that has lasted the ages. Now, I don't know, Brent definitely All right. the episode, but 
But Elliot definitely will, and I think our listeners will too, because it is a particularly famous episode because of the guest star. Um, but Carrie and I disagreed famously on whether Blanche had a crush on George Clooney when he guested on that episode, or whether she was feeling maternal. Now, I have maintained, it's been, what, five years since that fight, probably? And I have maintained to this day both the fury and my stance in that Blanche was maternal. Now, Carrie thinks otherwise. Elliot, I think you need to weigh in and um, just remember that we have a podcast that we're going to continue to do. For a long time to come. Well, before Elliot weighs in, I believe we already had the tiebreaker, who was our guest for that particular no, episode, no, who was an no. actor named Satya no. Baba. Doesn't count. And Satya count. agreed with <laughs> me and said that Blanche he only counts because he agreed with you to get in on that. My, if you want me to weigh in, I will weigh in, and I definitively, a hundred percent, think she was being maternal wow yes! this is controversial <laughs> because yes. even at the beginning even if she is uh smitten with uh mm-hmm. uh what's the what's the other cop's name oh i forget mm. his name but the one um, that crazy was i'm crazy about this guy yeah uh when she's she's dorothy is you know has a crush on um lou i don't remember yep. what his name was but yeah um she's a crush on that might have been his name yeah and and george clooney played his partner uh his partner in crime or whatever Sophia, Blanche at the end, when she's like putting him to bed or whatever, like making his room for him, she, doesn't she compare mm. him to her son? Uh-huh. And basically yeah. extends an olive branch saying like, if you ever need, you know, a home-cooked meal. Home uh, meal or something. That does not feel like she's hitting on him. She's talking yeah, about her son. That's... Because you know Blanche can't cook. <laughs> yeah, but you know... Yes, but Blanche also, I mean, you know, there's a wink behind that. Like, but that would Blanche, be weird if there was a wink behind referring her. Referring to him as her son. As her son. Yeah. This isn't a Julianne Moore movie. A comparison. Wait, Carrie, I don't, I, I shouldn't, we shouldn't team up on Carrie. So in that case, Elliot and Ellen, you're both wrong. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Thank you, Brent. No, that's not a hill I'm going to die on. It's a fun. It's just it's it was a, it was a really fun art because it's something that we had argued about before we recorded yeah. the episode. So by the time we recorded that episode, it had really been building and bubbling up <laughs> yeah. inside of us. I mean, us. it was really like a that. Trump Biden yeah. match. Yeah, it really was. It was that was our version of also, this election. Also, may I add that Blanche? You know, Blanche also is like when push comes to shove, she's not she's not really into young guys. She had her you know her hits and misses she's with like, the, the yeah. aerobics instructor and Sven. But ultimately, she really is into men of a certain yeah. age, including Ted, yeah. Tad Turner. I mean, look, she's no Elliot Glazer. I mean, I, the one suggestion <laughs> I would make to, to Carrie for future reference, you said, Alan, you said you had th- this fight with Carrie five years ago. Carrie, you need to fight with Alan a lot more than that. I mean, he and I do it, <laughs> he and I do it like every two weeks. And it, it really is sort of the, the backbone of our friendship yeah. is, is me getting angry and threatening to shut off recording the podcast. <laughs> um, but anyway. Well... So there is something, Carrie, that I do want to talk to you about because one of the one of the proudest things I have. I mean, you and I have been friends since that birthday in two thousand fourteen. So that's I can actually pinpoint when we became friends, and and you know I think before then you might have been, but I don't. It was not as engaged as maybe you know you are now. And one of the things that I'm most proud of you for is 
I was always the political one. I was always the one on Adam and I raging against Donald or uh, Ronald Reagan and hating on Ronald Reagan to the point where listeners in the comments were complaining about how much <laughs> I know, could talk right? about how much I hated Ronald Reagan, and I refused to end. I refused to end to this day. But that said, yeah, and I respect you thank, for that. That said, after the 2016 election. You know, we had that one special episode where we sort of like talked it out with listeners and we weren't a political podcast, but we had to like address that moment. But then you really pivoted and you became actively involved in doing things politically and organizationally with different different organizations that was just so impressive. And I just like I wanted to know, like, is that something that you sort of started in 2016 or were you always doing that or like what has that been like these past few years for you? So. Um, I, I would always say in terms of like, well, in terms of being involved in politics, I honestly, up until 2016, I never really put too much effort into things like beyond voting for in like mm. the presidential elections. And then I think after 2016, I feel like a lot of us, you know, felt helpless and felt like we needed to take action. So, you know, I started joining some action groups. I've done phone banking. I think we've done some phone banking together and stuff. And um, and I've, I've, I've definitely been more involved in just being aware of what's going on. And um, my husband, Matt, and I have been, and I'm sure, you know, I've seen so many of our friends doing it. You know, we've been sending out a lot of postcards for swing states. Um, but uh, the, probably the greatest thing I got involved in after 2016, and it's, it was, I'm so happy I did it. And uh, there were a lot of women there like me who, again, felt like very helpless and, and wanted to do something. Um, in January of 2017, um, I became a mentor for a program called Write Girl that um, pairs professional um, female writers with um, like uh, under-resourced uh, teen girls all around Los Angeles uh, for mentorships. And so I've been with that, uh, volunteering with that program for a couple of years and it's, it's run by all women and we would have these monthly workshops where, you know, you'd get, and it would be like, you know, a couple hundred women, a couple hundred teen girls uh, from all over LA. And you'd get paired with a couple of girls for the day and you would do all these fun, like writing assignments. And we would have poetry workshops and songwriting workshops and screenwriting workshops. Um, and then about a year ago, I got permanently paired. Um, actually, maybe it was more than a year ago, maybe about a year and a half ago. I was permanently paired um, with a teen named Eden uh, and she's 14, she's almost 15. And we uh, we used to meet at the mall once a week to write together. Now we do Zooms. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm telling you like, just after meeting Eden and working with Eden and sort of and being involved in Write Girl, um, the, the young women of our future are going to be what saves mm -hmm. us. It's, it's actually something that's never made me feel um, more confident in the direction our country is moving in is just seeing, I mean, when I was a teen girl, I would not dare to be vulnerable ever in front of other girls, in front of women, like especially like an auditorium full of 200 people and to see the strength and the power and the vulnerability that these teen girls, and they're all very headstrong and they know what they want and they're, you know, they're passionate and they care and they're so much smarter than I was when I was that age. Um, it, it's, it's, it's such a great organization. And um, yeah, if you are listening, if you happen to be a, uh, uh, you know, a, a female identifying um, 
professional uh, writer or non-binary writer even. Um, I believe they're uh, taking non-binary writers now as well. Um, but they're, uh, yeah, they're a really great organization. It, you know, it's That's kind so of great. tangential, but uh, that reminds me, I last in 2018, I went to the, I went to Orange County a lot to, to register people to vote to register Democrats to vote. So I went to this flea market like maybe four or five weekends in a row. And I just remembered, you know, we're there to register Democrats. So you're, you know, you're trying to, your people are walking by, you're at the entrance of this flea market, they're kind of coming and going and you would try to catch their attention as quickly as you can say, are you registered to vote? Do you hate Donald Trump? <laughs> That's essentially what you're supposed to be doing. And I remembered very distinctly after even doing it for one week, um, the way people carried themselves when they had registered to vote, you could just tell mm -hmm. 15 feet away, you'd be like, I know this person's registered. I'm, And then they would get close to you say, are you registered to vote? And they would, just the way they would carry themselves, they'd be like, yep, oh yeah. Which isn't to say that maybe someone could be lying, but that every time someone stopped to register or seemed interested, it was, they, they carried themselves in a different way. They were, I think, less, mm -hmm. there were, you know, maybe a little less confident, a little less, um, maybe, uh, I guess, confident. There was just something about people who had gone through the process of registering to vote and, you know, be, become that, you know, active citizen that... Well, it's exciting. I mean, it's exciting. Yeah. 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 It is exciting mm -hmm. to be to be part of it and to feel active and to feel like this is really your, you know, this is really your chance to express yourself in in any in, in a power structure that can make you often feel mm -hmm. powerless mm -hmm. yeah yeah right i think and the people who do that work who like go out there and actively like register people to vote or like do sort of like the street canvassing stuff i just in I, my first job ever ever was when i was a kid i had i got hired by washington university to ask women about their sex practices <laughs> on the streets of st louis oh God. and <laughs> I I will say I was very good at it, mm -hmm. and I was the I was the lead in all of the people who were doing that job. I was number one in responses because you know yeah right. <laughs> but that said, I would never do that job again. And I have so much respect for people who can stand out there and do that work because like it's so needed. And I love that people are taking pride in sort of registering to vote this year. Well, it's a, it's thank a, you, it's a really Alan. Great thing. Thank you so much. I have often considered myself a hero and it's it's good to hear those words come from your lips as well. That and so wow. I appreciate that. Well, Brent, that went in a direction. You and I <laughs> Brent, you and I both um I think we were in different groups, but we certainly saw each other. I think you and I both canvassed I for Katie Porter. As did I. I was there as well. That's right. Also oh, a hero, and you right? You were there as well. Who, Don't yes, we just love Katie Porter? Such a Porter's hero. really turned out to be quite a quite a gem from from Orange County. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was that was a yeah. Canvassing was canvassing was oh. fun in 2018. Yeah. Wait. So, Carrie, before we let you go, where where what are you working on now? And also, where can people follow you on the interwebs? Um, it's so funny because that's what you would say at the end of our most of what we did on the podcast. Taking mm -hmm. me back. Yeah. Right. Just FYI. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I am horrible at um, branding myself. So I'm at Squidzy on Instagram and at Squid Eat Squid on Twitter. And I mostly post pictures of my dog. Yeah, who is so um, cute. And thank you. And I am uh, I'm in the process of developing a television show right now that I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it yet. But so good things are happening, though. Fingers yeah. crossed. People are being attached. Things are, meetings are happening. All sorts of and good stuff. And people can listen to our rewatch. 
right? Yes, people can listen to Out on the Lanai, our fabulous Golden Girls podcast. I think some of the really special episodes that, because, you know, I think we've seen a few Golden Girls podcasts emerge, but I think one thing that was special about our podcast, if you were a fan of the Golden Girls, is that we had a few writers and cast members who kind of gave us exclusive insight and about their experiences on the show. Those are some of my favorite episodes where to hear these things that we'd never heard, like interactions with the different actors in the show. Um, so those episodes, especially if you want to check out our podcast are, are my yeah. favorites. Thank you so much for doing Thanks, this. Carrie. Carrie. Thanks, Carrie. Thanks, <laughs> Carrie. Thank you for having me. This was a joy. And another thing. Uh, so, Chris Pratt, the actor from Parks and Recreation. Jurassic and, World. Uh, Jurassic <laughs> right. World. And I think Avengers of the, or Ga Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. And, and uh, I think the star of at least one Elliot Glazer yeah. wet dream. I would yeah. imagine. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I, I Chris never Pratt, cared, I never LPSG. Pratt. <laughs> no, I, I really don't care <laughs> one way or the other about yeah, him. Yeah. But apparently people do because... Uh, recently, he was the target of a sort of um, goofy tweet that was about canceling one of the four Hollywood Chris's. It was like four white guys. I'm assuming it's Chris Hemsworth, Chris, Chris, Chris Pratt, Banya. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Chris, four, Chris four March. Chris, Chris, um, Pine. Uh, the one from. Yeah, Chris Pine. Yeah. <laughs> so any, anyway, so he was one of the four of them, and then. Um, with that being said, the, the tweet went viral and everyone heaped on the hate the Chris Pratt haterade bandwagon. Because he had given to the Republican candidates, right? Well, so people were people were like, I mean, follows to yeah, that's the idea. So he <clears throat> follows um, a lot of well, here's who he, he he follows Tucker Carlson on Twitter and Instagram. Fo follows among other Tucker Carlson, Ben Shapiro. Kevin Spacey, some Blue Lives Matter activists, uh, Dan Crenshaw, Turning Points USA, which is an anti-gay hate group, mm -hmm. um, Prager U, which is an extreme right-wing <laughs> podcast, and uh, people from Duck Dynasty. So, right. <laughs> Amy, that's Berg. a that's a really that's a really, <laughs> that's a really way in the weeds. So, all right. So, yeah. So, the, uh, my is... question is, if is, do you think do you think he should be canceled because it became a firestorm of anti Chris Pratt hate online. I, I can't I you know this is obviously a theme we've touched upon many times I honestly can't believe this lunacy that like I get it and and look may, maybe that would be enough for me to unfollow Chris Pratt but to for people to be like should we cancel Jurassic <laughs> Park and by the way it's we're so inconsistent about it yeah. like Kanye West is running for president, has had, this is, this sounds like a farce, but this is true. Kanye West has had private meetings with Jared Kushner, who is Donald <laughs> Trump's, you know, son-in-law and advisor. And it, it is believed, and it doesn't take too many degrees of separation that he, the reason he is on ballots nationwide and running for president, and he's on ballots in like 30, ballots, 20 yes. states, is to leech any possible votes they can get from Biden. Probably from yeah, young black men uh, who would have otherwise voted for Biden. I don't see any outrage about that. And <laughs> yeah. so, like, if if we're gonna be, if we're really gonna like get mad at people, 
Like you just have to be consistent. I mean, and it makes me crazy. I get, I get the inconsistencies only because Kanye West lives on a different plane than Chris Pratt does. In that Kanye West means something to people, and Chris Pratt is doesn't. Um, but like in terms of like a socio political sense, Kanye represents something to mm. a lot of people that I don't think Chris Pratt necessarily does. And so on some level, it is a lot easier to cancel Chris Pratt in that he's nothing. He's Jurassic Park and Parks and Rec. Like who gives a fuck about Chris Pratt? Yeah, yeah. And he just got cast in a bunch of shit, whereas Kanye sort of Kanye became, became his own a philosopher, yeah, yeah. if you will. And and I, yeah. but the thing with Chris Pratt and I like. I don't I don't give a fuck about Chris Pratt and I also don't think anyone else should or should we be surprised by this literally his Twitter and Instagram bio not only quotes the Bible it has a Bible verse on it but it says <laughs> I love Jesus America he my wife Jesus. my family my farm my job and jokes that is like that is that's that's a Trump voter like I'm sorry but it kind of I mean if you yeah, have a bio yeah. that openly talks about your religion in a way you're more likely going to be a conservative person and and sure, and in that like I don't give a fuck about Chris Pratt's politics I'm probably not going to like go to Chris Pratt for advice but I'm also not going to not watch Jurassic World because Bryce Dallas Howard runs away from dinosaurs in heels and <laughs> heels like, and that oh is really important so so many people so many celebrities like came out of the woodwork apparently to like defend Chris's honor. I mean, to, again, like to Brent's point, I can't believe that people are have made a thing about this, but it does beg a good question as to whether you would uh, cancel some quote unquote, see, want to see somebody canceled or whether like Brent and honestly, like myself, you just unfollow the person if you're just, yeah. you just unfollow but, them. Look, they don't have to be like, like there was an, uh, there was a guy who had an OnlyFans account and I, I checked out his, his Twitter and he followed a bunch of Fox news talking heads. I'm like, well, I'm not going to give him, I'm not going to give him my money. That's a very quiet yeah. you don't have way to, like, do to, a to have your, your but protest. I want to know, yeah. Elliot, would you still beat off to Chris Pratt? Cause like, I have a feeling that that actually, <laughs> he, this he might, claims, he claims this he might work for I don't you. This it. might be like porn to you. That he's like a Trump person. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's not. But that being said, Pratt did tweet. It's recent. I love that this is like a tweet, like a tweet, almost like a press release. Yeah. It has recently been suggested that I belong to a <laughs> church which quote hates a certain group of people and is quote infamously anti-LGBTQ. Nothing could be further from the truth. I go to a church that opens their door to absolutely but that's everyone. That's what every <laughs> single church also, says. Also. <laughs> Alton Brown went to it, and, and you know I think it's Alton this, from yeah, Food Network. Network guy? Food Network. <laughs> Alton Brown famously go lives in Georgia and goes to a church that has that is considered conservative or anti-LGBTQIA or whatever. But like, I really think it's important if if we are trying to build a movement and win over people. I think we have to be open to the fact that someone might want to go to a church because it means something to or them. Or they have a connection. And they also, they have a connection. That's where they've gone their whole lives. They believe that, but they also might disagree with the fundamental beliefs. Look, maybe not. And in that case, I won't join Alton Brown's yeah. OnlyFans page. But like, <laughs> but it's like, just what, I, if you're trying to win people over, don't say, I don't think the way to do it is to shout at them. Yeah. You go to a church I think I don't approve of right. and say, we should take all of your money away from you and maybe just assume, hey, this person, you know, this person works in Hollywood. They 
Alton Brown. I love you're bringing up Alton Brown. Brown. We're talking about. <laughs> oh, you know what? Do you ever you know accidentally what? buy that homophobic pasta? Do you remember that pasta that you hates gays? I'm done. What There's pasta? a pasta company that hates gay people, and there are times that we accidentally buy it, and we're like, oh, but it tastes good. Like, oh, see, but that's but that's the thing. Like when you find out that something something like Chick Fil A, you know, that they that they are, you know, they help bankroll hate groups. That's one thing. But it's like, if you don't like Chris Brown, if you don't like Chris Pratt, or you don't like Alton Brown, <laughs> then just unfollow them. We don't have to, you don't have, you know, like they, they don't have to be like uh, thrown off a bridge. Just, yeah. just, and, and focus your hate on the people who we, are hateful. We also, we, we, I think liberals do this a lot. We keep track. We can't um, remember that the other side can do the same thing. So. We've tried to do this before, where we'll, we'll try to cancel someone or cancel Chick Fil A, and then the other side will say, "Well, we'll do the opposite, and we'll give." Remember Chick Fil A? Oh yeah. Like the, had the biggest day Lines of sales they've the ever corner. had yes. was the day that all all gay people were saying boycott Chick Fil A, and it's like, don't don't set yourself up for failure, yeah. <laughs> because the other side can do the same thing, and it's also not. I've worth still never had Chick Fil A, and not for political reasons. I've just never had it. It's overrated. Never it's overrated. I think it's very good. Like I've had so it once. That very What would your aunt say? What would your aunt Ramona say about something she heard on today's podcast? Wait, Elliot only wrote two term papers in college? It doesn't sound like he graduated. <laughs> I didn't just write two. I wrote two about the Golden Girls. I think you only said you just wrote two. <laughs> no, 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 you're, more than that. You're a liar. Like all Biden supporters, you're a liar. <laughs> My aunt Joanne would say, you know... Sophia was played by Estelle Getty, who was, and I'd say, Mom, Grandma, I know. <laughs> Not Grandma. What? Grandma, and Wait. Aunt Rebecca, I gotta, I what's her name again? Oh, fine. It's Aunt, funny. Aunt it's Joanne. funny. Fine. I don't think anyone's still listening, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's ask. true. Alan, uh, if anyone's still listening, what oh, would Aunt They're going to listen. Actually, let's just skip. They're going to listen to this no one because listening. I have the best one. Thank you. My <laughs> Aunt Anne would say, one time I laughed so hard, I peed a little, and then I made a joke calling myself a golden girl. <laughs> oh brother thanks for listening i'm elliot glazer i'm brent Sullivan. and i'm h allen scott <laughs>